Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 101. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And uh, yeah, we're back. We, 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 we've got podcasting shoes back on, haven't we, Fisher? Because we've been away for about a month now. We got to episode number 100 and we thought, uh, what's the point? Yeah. Kind we, of? We did, yeah, we did what we set out to achieve. Um, oh, sorry, no, I'm just borrowing that from Joe Biden, actually. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, we, I don't know, we, we've just kind of been a bit, bit busy, haven't we? Yeah, well, you, way, you've been bit. cricketing, which you can clearly yeah. see you've still got your cricket gear on. Have you, have you come straight from cricket tonight? No, I'm just going to run out of different tops to wear, so I've got my uh, cricket jumper on. The really weird bit about this cricket jumper is, I, I don't quite know what's happened on the show, it looks like I've got shoulder pads yeah. in my cricket jumper. They, they come to a nice pronounced point here, actually, which is a bit of advertising there for our sponsors. I'll if you get the ball stuck in there, GMB, yes. could be awkward if you get the ball stuck in there. Could be, yeah. I mean, I'd be, would be a very good shot if it stuck up my sleeve. But if you start running out of like things to wear, then you're going to like wear a mask, like you know your, your your cricket mask. Sorry, which games of cricket have you been watching where the players wear a mask? Well, it's like a helmet, isn't it? Yeah, it's called a helmet. Oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, mean, I don't. I... I don't, I don't know how they quite thought up the name of a cricket helmet. So I'll tell you what, what is it? What game are we playing? Cricket helmet. Yeah, let's call it a cricket helmet. Let's not call it a mask. Anyway, um, I thought we'll get started with, of course, you know, just because we've been away doesn't mean we haven't put the effort in and got an intro song and all that kind of thing. And today's intro song relates to two things, really. Uh, number one, Harry Kane. And number two, my terrible start to Fantasy League, Premier League football. Uh, here we go. It's called Harry Stay or Harry Go. Oh. Harry, you've got to let us know Will you stay or will you go? I want to put you in my team In the fancy football league So you got to let me know Will you stay or will you go? I need the points, please, please Cause I'm bottom of my league One day he's gone and then he's back Cause Daniel Levy wants more cash Well come on and let me know Will he stay or will he go? Will he stay or will he go now? Will he stay or will he go now? I need to know for fancy football Make him captain to score double So come on and let me know Will he stay or will he go? There you go. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, Harry, Harry stay, Harry go. Uh, which has been announced oh. today, hasn't he? He's tweeted to say that he's uh, he's not going anywhere this summer. Um, yeah, I mean, well, what does he mean by that? Does he mean like everybody else saying we haven't had a summer? Is that what he's? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's always been cancelled, uh, unfortunately. So poor, poor lad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel a bit sorry for you because obviously you probably wrote that uh, song about three or four weeks ago, and you've released it on the exact day that Harry Kane announced that it wasn't going anywhere. So well, no, no. To be fair, I did write and produce it today, but that's because it's been. Oh, he's right. going. He's going. He's going. He's staying, and then he sort of said this summer. What does that mean? What does that mean this summer? Because. 
Does that mean January, potentially, the door's open again for him? Does it mean that, you know, I mean, some, summer's technically over, isn't it, when it gets to, like, you know, 1st of September? When's transfer deadline? Is it next week, is it? Uh, I think it tends to be the yeah, the last day of August. Something, well, I, I don't, something I don't, tells me I, it's not over, you know, and I, I reckon there's a... I reckon it's a bit of a come and get me sort of thing. Maybe. I mean, what intrigues me a little bit is why did they have the transfer window? That why I'd, I'd like, yeah, I'd like it just to to end at the start of the season. Mm. Why should you go into play the first two or three games and then be allowed to sign players again? It doesn't quite seem right to me. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, yeah. should we talk j- just briefly? Fantasy football, then, because that's what kind of that song was about. It's not been so good for me, for shall admit. Um, I, I'm happy with my name, you know. Henderson's Graylish, what a name. What a name to have for, for a fantasy Premier League team name. Um, yeah. I'm quite impressed with that. It's better than my name, which is Fisher's Footballers. Is that what you had last um, year so as well? Kind of, uh, that, I, I call that, I call them Fisher's Footballers every year. And since, if it's, since, you were, since you were 10. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I and if you were more creative than team, that. I call them. Yeah, if I do a fantasy cricket team, guess what I call them? You have fantasy cricket teams? Yeah, not very often, but oh we have had God. it in the past. <laughs> okay. Go what, what do you call them? Call them? F- Fisher's Cricketers? Uh, well, no. Chris's Cricketers, obviously. Chris's Cricketers, all right. Okay. Got to get the alliteration there, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah well, well done on a, on, a, on a good name. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and to be fair, that's probably the most successful bit about your fantasy football season so far, oh, isn't it? My, I mean, my bench is successful. Had I have We're turned, a... had I have turned bench boost on, I've got eleven points on the bench this week and only thirty-five in the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean the slight, slight problem is I've got sixty-four points this week, so oh. I still beat you anyway. We're in a, we're in, we're in a mini league. The two of us, we're playing against each other every week, and whoever wins the most weeks kind of gets through to the, well, kind of wins the league at the end of it. Um, I'll find a trophy out or something that we can, that we can have and we yeah, can get, um, pass it between each other. Um, certainly not getting any manager of the month anytime soon. Um, I've just gone to two England heavy, I think, with my midfield, and it's letting me down. Sancho, Saka, Ward, Prowse, Sterling, uh, Pulsic has been injured. To take here, isn't exactly, yeah, that's the thing. So anyway, um, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll move on and we'll mention it again each week and see if I can pull it back. I'm I think I'm going to wait till after transfer deadline and then I'm probably going to have to use one of the chips really early because it's uh, it's not going so well in it. Um, anyway, so what, on, yeah. What actually is your total point? You in a couple of different leagues as well as yeah. You in one with the lads? Right, I'm in one with the lads. I'm on, and I'm bottom of that as well uh, by a fair <laughs> distance. Um, and I've, I normally do really well at this. I'm not too bad in generally, but uh, I'm on I'm on 66 in total. So you've 66? got that. You've got that in one week, haven't you? Uh, well, yeah, I got 64 on, on my rubbish week. I got 64 on my good week. I got um, how many I get on my good week? 92. All right, so. fair enough. Moving on. Have you got any breaking news for sure? Um, no, not particularly. Uh, I played in that cricket game I was talking about. Here we go. Um, charity cricket game. I mentioned it on the last podcast. Um, I also I also contributed towards the writing of the programme. Um, and I had to write new... I had to write sort of player profiles for each of our players. Uh, guess what I wrote for me? Oh, go on. Uh, amazing batsman. No, good with no, his balls. No, no not that, not that. <laughs> uh, I put, I put. He's, he's all right. I put often uses these opportunities to shamelessly promote his podcast, the Waste of Websites podcast, which oh. is available to stream or download on all good po- <laughs> podcast providers. Did you really write that? I did write that. Yeah, oh, that's really. We need to be sponsoring your cricket team, by the way. Oh yeah, we need, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get something sorted. I mean, we. I mean, um, I think we first mentioned this this time last year. Yeah. Um, Get, get an advertising board. Get, get mine and yours faces on it. Wouldn't that be good? How did it go? 
the uh, the charity event, by the way. Yeah, we're good. Racing with charity, uh, which is good. Um, and we enjoyed ourselves. We raised awareness. That's the key thing. Raise awareness for the Watch Charity, um, which is Mark Cross's charity. He used to fly in the net for Sheffield Wednesday and for Nottingham Forest. Uh, and it's a walking and talking charity. Um, you know, watch walking and talking charity hikes. Uh, it's encouraging people to get out into the great outdoors, to sort of people particularly who suffer mental health issues, um, to get outside, to talk to people, enjoy the outdoors, get some fresh air. Sort of. It was good to, to see. One with it, it was good to see Dean Windass uh, stood at fielding with a, a pint of beer in his hand as well. Yeah, he also he also basically stole someone's bike um, who was spectating. Decided to ride on the bike all the way around the pitch. Um, and I think the person who actually owned the bike, it looked like quite a good bike. I think he was possibly a bit concerned that he might not get his bike back. Did his um, son turn up to watch? Of course, the uh, Sheffield Wednesday no, player. Not, no. not that I'm aware of. Um, he also, the, we were involved in an auction for various things, and Dean Windass's shirt was sold for £200. Uh, guess, guess who bought it? Uh, wasn't you, was it? Wasn't me, no. It, was it was it Mark Crossley? Wasn't Mark Crossley? Was it Dean Windass? It was Dean Windass. <laughs> yes, it was Dean Windass. He bought his own shirts, yeah, um, and, and probably gave it to a sort of a spectator and said, "There you go, you can have that." Oh, fair enough. That's nice um, of him. I don't I don't know if you've seen the footage on Twitter of him sing, uh, taking the microphone from the DJ and singing as well. Um, but he struck me as a fantastic bloke and who, who very much sort of missed the. Uh, the camaraderie that goes with playing cricket. Um, uh, sorry, the, the goes with playing sport and the changing rooms. Um, just it's, it's that kind of when you're playing sport, you know, it's partly being with your friends. It's sort of enjoying the sort of social side of it as well, and that's partly what the charity is promoting, um, encouraging people to be part of groups, to be outside, get some exercise, and all that sort of stuff. Good stuff. Well, well done with that for sure. And uh, to everyone who's involved in it, uh, Dean Windass having a pint on the cricket pitch has just reminded me to. Uh, we need to get our drinks before we move on with yeah. the rest of our breaking news stuff. Uh, but I've got idle chatter from the Boundary Brewery, which is apparently a a bit. A About, oh, another another cricket reference, the Boundary Brewery. Uh, yeah. See, okay. I was planning that. So idle chatter going well with the podcasting because that's uh, what we've yeah. got plenty of. Um, but yeah, it's uh, brewed and canned in Belfast, uh, and it's a it's a. A, co- a cooperative brewery, apparently. So it's owned by its own members uh, yeah. who do all of that sort of thing. So there you go. What have you got, Fisher? Uh, I've got some kind of German lager that's called Basil's Weiss. Presumably kind of a wheat beer. Um, Isn't wheat that lager. a Christmas song? Uh, it could be, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I can't really tell you much about it because all the writing's are German. So um, it's it's 5.1%. Um, it's still in date. And um, it tells me to throw it into a bin once I've used it. So what more can we ask for? Um, yeah, there is very little English on here. Nice one. And, th- and this is Bless very nice, by the way. Yeah, and, and I really like this one. Idle chatter, really good. 4.5% pale ale. Nice one. Um, so my breaking news. So you know I've got uh, various jobs, Fisher. and uh, uh, More jobs than... Um, well, yeah, cool. A lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plenty of jobs here and there. Uh, now, a couple of breaking news is in my jobs, actually. So, you know, mm. all of my jobs, usually, well, all but one of my jobs generally involves a lot of talking, doesn't it? And, you know, mm. whether it's, you know, not just jobs, but hobbies, podcasting, radio, you know, mm-hmm. uh, doing my old presenting in schools or my learning mm-hmm. technology stuff where I tell people about... Um, you know, how to use learning technology and do it online and stuff. So all my jobs involve talking, all but one. 
mm-hmm. which is pretty much a silent job, isn't it? It is, yeah, and I know which one you're talking about, and we can't talk about it. And we can't talk about it. It's the one where I work with with a well, we always say Sheffield Wednesday, don't we? And very, very good friends, aren't I? With uh, mm. with two Part of the match day entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're not a football player. No longer silent. I've only got a voice box, haven't I? And really? I, and I wish for the purpose of today's episode, I could have, I could have demoed it. Maybe I will later. Maybe when you're talking, I'm not really listening to you properly. I'll. Uh... So anytime <laughs> I'm talking, then yeah. <laughs> What? Sorry. Um, Any time. I'll uh, maybe I'll. I've lost it. I've lost it. Anyway, at that point, maybe I will demonstrate my my new voice that Barney Owl has. Oh, not well, me. Uh, who had, not, yeah, me. Sorry, who not me. Not me. Of course, yeah. I didn't say. Didn't say me. I said yeah. I've been working on creating a voice for a good friend yeah. of ours, Barney Owl. Uh, second bit of news. <laughs> I deserve two stabs because this is good. In so my other job, my learning technology job. Uh, we only got an inquiry coming through some academics who were saying, um, we, we want to make a podcast and we could do some advice on how to do it and so on. And you said, I'll tell you what, instead of using your own voice, why don't you use one of these voice boxes um, <laughs> and we can we'll give you that instead and it can work all right. I said, I can do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm helping people to learn how to podcast now as well. Really? So, I mean, look, I'm just going to say, look, if you, if you want, the, the best lesson I can give you is go to Spotify, Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button on that amazing, brilliant, fantastic podcast, uh, the Ale and Audio podcast, of course. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then that's that's all you need to know, of course. And then if you, if you want yep. a bad example, then if you go to Waste of Web Space. <laughs> I mean, you're now, pod- I believe you're now podcasting with other people, aren't you? I am. On the... So who are some of these other people? Well, the Sheddies, they're, 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 they're technically guests. They're not, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not part of the production crew like you are on the uh, Waste of Webspace podcast, unless, unless you want me to start calling you a guest from now on as well. Uh, no, they're, they're guests. They're, they're, they are Sheddies, and they, we, we, we're very much niche talking about the Shed people and the Shed things and the, the beer stuff, really. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. Uh, are some of these people sort of fellow podcasters? No, no, they're just the sheddies, but they do they do their odd uh, live things online uh, with the the beer uh, broadcasts and stuff like that. So in effect, they do yeah they they do uh, they do things like that too. Very good, very good geezers. I'll give them a shout out. Uh, Dave of so, the Hardy Arms in Leicester and Andy of the Dunning in Stoke. Cool. Uh, so the actual new podcast that you're getting involved in, what's it about? Beer. Oh, no, which one? Not, not, not the AM no, not that. Oh, well, no, that that's. I, I'm not getting involved in it as such as just teach, giving them a few tips on where to go, what to look at, you know, what software to use, what equipment to use, uh, all that kind of thing. How to get it, you know, pushed out to the various services, all that kind of thing. But I think it'll be about uh, it'll be about certain like teachings and stuff like that to do with this particular subject. So, yeah. So you're not you're not giving much content advice then? No, of course yeah. not. I mean, do you think they're going to come to us for content advice? They might want to do, it. Might do a couple of quizzes every week. Um, they might have got a breaking news set. They might want to, you know, basically fish an item out of a skip and claim that there's some kind of backstory to it for a show and tell bit. Anyway, should we move on? Hmm. So we're not quite ready for show and tell because um, you might remember last time was our 100th episode and um, I decided. <laughs> Yes, very. I know what you're, yeah, what you're laughing yeah. at. I decided that it was a little treat for us, as well as you know, you got me. A, well, it was your your lovely wife baked as a cake, and uh, you did nothing. I don't think, and you just turned up. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I produced some T-shirts and I got us a, a voice message, didn't I? Sort of commemorating, saying, saying well done on your mm. uh, 100th episode. And I wanted to play a bit of a guessing game with you, didn't I? Where you had to try and guess who the person was. And on guessing yeah. the answer, I played the video and it turned out it wasn't who we'd booked, was it? Well, yeah, well, yeah, wasn't wasn't the right person at all. We, so, we wanted John Virgo. Well, we didn't want John Virgo. We paid for John Virgo, and we got John Aldridge, didn't we? Who is yeah. the? He's basically John, Nick Cotton off EastEnders, isn't he? John Aldridge didn't he used to play up front for John Aldridge. Um, John for Liverpool. <laughs> it, was Alt, it John Altman? Altman, Altman. Yeah, John Aldridge did play up front for Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> we didn't get a voicemail of him, unfortunately. That that had been probably closer to John Virgo, wouldn't Sportsman, it? Sportsman, Northerners. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been closer, hmm. but anyway, no, we got one off uh, John Altman, who is uh, yeah Nick Cotton from EastEnders. So I have now got the proper one. Do you want to see it and do you want to hear it, or is it as the moment as <laughs> the moment gone? Well, I think the moment passed anyway when we had the John Altman one. But yeah, come on, we might as well watch it. We paid for it, so okay. So can can did, you see? Did you, get, did you get a refund? Can you see this? Uh, I can ju- I can just about see it. Well, right I think right. it's lift up a little bit further. Press play. Hi, Jimbo and Fisher. Many congratulations on reaching your 100th episode of Waste of Web Space podcast. Guess who I am? Yes, I'm former professional snooker player and TV personality, John Virgo. Where's the cue ball going? I didn't didn't ask him to say where's the cue ball going, but I think he wanted to get his uh, catchphrase in there. Um, So there you go. And so the apology of the week has to go, has to come from Memo. Uh, who decided to send us the wrong one and ruin our big day? Ruined could it. It, could we not get the apology of the week from John Virgo? Because I can't help notice he started giggling when he tried to say the word <laughs> "waste of web space" podcast. He couldn't quite bring himself to say it. Yeah, he's probably um, seen it. Thought I'm not doing something for this, am I? I know someone who I don't know if I've mentioned this, but someone um, who got they paid for an actor. I think he's been Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that um, to basically read out a happy birthday message to their husband. And without me, you know, not only John Virgo is a snooker player, isn't he? And, you know, all he says is where the cue, but where's the cue ball going? Pot as many balls as you can and all that sort of stuff. If you get an actor to do it, yeah. Without being funny about it, they love the sound uh, of their own voice. You've said this before, yeah, that they, they go all yeah. out, don't they? And uh, the actors were more expensive. That was probably why. Yeah, so I think you, you do get a bit of bit of value for money, a, a decent mm. a decent bit of um, video with them showing off for a bit and messing around. I definitely think in a year's time we ought to recycle the uh, who's the most expensive on uh, memo game and you know the higher or lower yeah. thing when when more people are on there. Definitely uh, do that again because I enjoyed that game. Uh, anyway, are we moving on again? Well, let's move on. So, um, now, uh, my show and tell is, is going to be a bit of a, a sort of tribute as well uh, today, um, because as you may um, have, have heard, because uh, I told, well, Fisher already knows, but other people who may follow me also know, uh, that, yeah, my, my granddad sadly passed away last Thursday, and uh, he was 83 years old, nearly 84, uh, but, you know, very sudden, very, very unexpected, which is obviously quite a shock for the family, but also... At the same time, quite a comfort to know that, you know, it, it was kind of the way that anyone, any of us want to go, really, sort of quite, you know, quickly, suddenly, without being ill. 
you know, without without all that, you know, and he, you know, he was lucky to be, you know, kind of there with it right till the end and, and everything in terms of, uh, you know, his his mind and all those kind of things. So we're lucky that you know we had the full sort of eighty three years of him and and all that kind of thing, which is good. Um, so yeah, that was obviously you know quite sad and 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 also he's kind of been featured in this uh, podcast before when one of my yeah, I mean if I can if I can yeah, just jump, jump in maybe yeah. Jim Burns kind of offer my condolences to you and your family. Um, I didn't meet your granddad many times, um, but I could tell straight away what a wonderful, uh, humble, kind, honest person he was. Um, really was a fantastic person, and uh, you know he's greatly missed. And uh, for any people who are familiar with the podcast, uh, better known as Exploding Shoe Granddad, isn't that right? That is that is correct. So he did. He did thank you for that, for sure. He did feature um, in in a show and tell not too long ago. Actually, I brought a shoe on, didn't I? And uh, I, I can't remember what yeah. the other story was, but the the actual truth story in it was that the shoe I brought on represented uh, my. He, he went when he went to my dad's wedding um, a few years ago. Um, his shoe basically disintegrated around the wedding venue, and people were looking around and seeing all this foam stuff everywhere. And it turned out my granddad's shoe was sort of exploding as he was walking. Where was it your dad got married? It was in that landmine field, wasn't it? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, he has featured a show and tell for, and, and my gran, who obviously, uh, you know, sadly is, uh, you know, is, is obviously like us, very upset about everything like that. But uh, she's uh, she's also featured in our podcast as well before. She's actually phoned us before, hasn't she? Uh, oh. Usually when we're in the middle of recording, I think we even got her to, to have a, a bit of chat down the phone with us once, didn't we? Yeah, I think she may have been the only person we have actually heard. Actually, no, that's not true because we've had a couple of guest uh, quizzes, haven't we? But she's one of the very few people we've actually heard on the podcast aside yeah. from ourselves. So, generally, and I've mentioned it before, they, they ran a bed and breakfast across the other side of Sheffield uh, called mm-hmm. Tyndale, and they ran that. They only stopped doing it just before, co- well, just you know, at the start of COVID because of the restrictions, and they thought that would be a good time to, you know, finally retire from doing that. So, they, you know, they've been really active, you know, you know, right up until, you know, my granddad uh, passed last week. So I wanted to do a special show and tell today because there are quite a few stories about my granddad that uh, are definitely worth sharing and uh, giving us a good laugh because that's what we want to we remember him from being uh, the, the guy he was and the person who made everybody laugh and, you know, all the nice things. That's what you got to do. Remember the good times. So uh, my show and tell this week, there's actually going to be three stories for sure. Normally we have one truth and one lie. This time there's uh, two truths and one lie, so you've got to work out effectively which one's the lie on this occasion. So here is the show and tell item. Now, it's just a representation, so it's not actually, you know, like you bring on something to represent. Can you tell, can, can you describe what it is for sure? Uh, it looks like it's some kind of pod of some form. Is it maybe a hip? Well, if it is a hip flask, it's either a large hip flask or it's got quite frank, frankly enormous hips. Um, is it, sorry, is this presumably related to your ground somewhere along the lines? Yeah, so um, it's, it, it's a flask. Yeah. It's basically a flask. A flask. A, a flask. Uh, so I've chosen yeah. something. It might be a bit obscure, but uh, there's you know we always have, have some sort of object, don't we, to, to link to the that might link to the three or two different stories that we've got. Okay, so I've got three mm-hmm. uh, different stories here, and I need you to tell me which one um, is the lie. Are we ready? Are we good to go? Yeah, cool. Okay, so the first one, then, uh, is that my uh, granddad was in the... Uh, he, he was doing his what he called, national service, so when he was... Mm-hmm. I'm guessing oh, it was a long time ago. Probably when he was... Was it 18 he had to do national service or something like that? Was it even 16, uh, something like that? So he did his national service, and he did it in a couple of different places, but he spent a large part of his time um, in Germany, okay? 
Now, it's very strange, but only a couple of years ago, somebody sent him a flask that he thought he'd lost while he was on his national service uh, from over, well, what is it? He, he was 83, so it must have been from sort of like over 60 years ago or something like that, that he'd lost this flask and somebody uh, who who kind of got it within their old collections and stuff, I don't know if he'd got his name sort of engraved or scraped into it or something like that, basically got in touch with him and sent him his old flask that he used to have while he was on um, his national service. Uh, no, so this isn't this isn't the flask. Obviously, this is just an example yeah. of a, a flask. Um, so that's story number one. You can quiz me more about it in a second. Story mm-hmm. number two is that um, my granddad once at the Lyceum Theatre when we went to watch a pantomime uh, when, we, when I, was, I was a fair bit younger, probably maybe like nine or ten, something like that, along with my cousins who were at the time from Portsmouth and so on. You got something, yeah. Fisher? I was going to say, oh, no, you weren't. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we did. We went to see a pantomime. Um, so we went to, we were all there, and I've got four other cousins who were a bit younger than me, or one of them was the same age, a couple a bit old, younger, and then my brothers. We were all there, so big sort of family outing to watch the pantomime. Um, my granddad went to go and get his ice creams at the uh, interval, and he brought the ice creams back only to drop a couple of them or one of them over the edge of the balcony at the Lyceum and basically shouted, get Everyone sit back. <laughs> so we all had to sit back uh, because he basically dropped ice creams potentially onto somebody in the Lyceum. Yeah. And story number three. But it's all right because he yeah. dropped it just down your brother's back, didn't he? Yeah. Your brother jumped up. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was used to having cold, cold items spilt on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, story number three is that, uh, I don't know if you know this as well, but he was a, his main sort of job throughout his career, well, he was an undertaker. So he moved up to, I think he was involved in things like, I think it was steel and stuff like that. He ended up moving up to Sheffield for his work, but then later on he ended up leaving that sort of area of work completely and then going to work as an undertaker uh, for John Ferrist um, on Penniston Road. And he worked there for years and years and years and years. Anyway, um, I used to go around and be looked after by my granddad every and, and my gran. Uh, every other Sunday when my parents were working. So every other Sunday I'd go around there and we'd have the day there. And quite often he was on call because that's what undertakers are. They generally tend to be on call if obviously anybody who's kind of, you know, with them kind of passes and they have to go out and and deal with that, you know, Mm -hmm. straight away, that kind of thing. So he once was called out to a property and he was sat in the living room and he tells me he was having a coffee, flask. Um, Mm -hmm. He was having a coffee. And they was discussing, um, they was discussing things and just having a chat about the the lady who was in the house who who passed away because that's why he got called out to a house where this lady had passed away and he was talking to the daughter or the the family of the, this lady and he was just having a chat sorting out the arrangements what's you know, explaining the situation what's going to happen and my granddad looked over to a lady who was asleep uh, and he said is she okay and uh, the people in the house went that that's his mum and he, she was basically in the chair. And my granddad hadn't realised that that was the person who'd, who'd passed, um, and it, and it was fine. It was you know it wasn't like a it wasn't a, a difficult awkward situation. It was a, a bit of a laugh about it sort of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, so there you go. So that's that's the three stories. One of those is false, and one of them, two of them are true. Okay. Um, so as I say, condolences once again to your family, um, and well, thank you very much for bringing some of the memories from him onto the podcast. Um, not just now, but obviously before then as well. Uh, so in terms of his national service, did he tell you where he went for his national service, aside from Germany, or what his tasks were? 
Well, strangely enough, I think he did some of it, or at least his training or something, at Ellesmere, um, because that is where one of my uh, cousins, Ellie, uh, and Jade, so Ellie is my cousin, Jade. Ellie from Ellesmere, no, I'm not, she's not from it, <laughs> she's not from Ellesmere, uh, but they live there, oh, they, I think they live nearby, I don't know if it's quite in Ellesmere, but they live uh, around that sort of area now. I, I do remember the name of where they live, but I've forgotten. But anyway, they live in that sort of area. So LA and uh, who will be getting married to her partner, Jade, uh, in October. A big shout-out if they do get to hear this or whatever. Um, but that's we're, we're going there for their wedding, and my granddad was looking forward to going back because that's where he did his training, I think, for his uh, national service. So, unfortunately, obviously, won't be there. And, uh, but, yeah. Without wanting to sound stupid about it, is, is Ellesmere the same as Ellesmere Port? I think so, yeah. I don't know whether it's the exact okay. same bit. I'm guessing there's the port and then there's Ellesmere further back sort of thing, yeah. So, so basically, like Liverpool, bay, Chester kind of area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we've just got a bit sidetracked there by um, asking that question, which is a very skillful dodge, so well done. Uh, so how did they identify the flask? How did it get back to him? Uh, I think somebody just sort of looked him up, and you know he's mm. he, he's not he wasn't the most difficult person to find because of the bed and breakfast and stuff like that. And you know men mm. don't, don't generally change their name, do they? So you know a bit of internet searches with the help of uh, this person's this other elderly person's uh, grandkids, and they managed to find my granddad and returning him his stuff. And I don't think it was the only thing that was returned to other people in that the regiment they call it or whatever. I mean, not mm-hmm. regiment, but that that sort of group of people who were doing the national service at at that time. So um, yeah, so that's what happened. But yeah, it was just quite a, just a, a, a flask, but it did have his sort of engraving of his his name mm-hmm. on it. Um, there is another story that while my granddad was doing his national service, uh, my gran um, requested a song for him on the you know the, the like army radio sort of thing, the forces radio, you know, yeah. forces radio. And it was Mr. Wonderful, and uh, it it was a bit oh, like you know the lads give him a little bit of a, <laughs> mm. a stick for it and so on. But apparently, he was secretly uh, really happy about it because he was uh, getting a, a miss. And I think this is before the you know the kind of just when they were sort of getting together in the very early days. So mm. for him to get that request on the radio when he was in Germany and all that, it was uh, really chuffed to hear that. I think. Yeah, you'd expect a lot of the songs requested probably would be that, wouldn't they? Except from the odd one, you know. Don't come back on your bastard. The dinner's in the dog, or something like that. <laughs> I've um, heard that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. Um, yeah, I think we'll we'll move on to the next one. If that's okay. So, ice cream. What were we watching at the theatre? I'm not sure, but I've got a feeling it might have been Dick Whittington, and I've got okay. a feeling it might have been a bit ruder than uh, some of the family members that have hoped for, considering they were quite young people in our family there. Well, they expecting if it was called Dick Whittington. I mean, <laughs> the story of the story of Dick Whittington. What else would it would mm. they talk about? Mm. Um, yeah, a young Dick goes to London in search of um, fame and fortune. Probably a great metaphor for uh, today's society, to be fair, and the Instagram generation. Um, so, I suppose my, one of my questions would be: um, Yeah, was it a regular occurrence that you went with your family at Christmas time to the Panto? I think we didn't we always we always did it, didn't we? With the pantomimes. Oh yeah. I'm planning to go again you, this year as well. Yeah. Uh, hopefully be taking my gran as well if she's around at the at the time, as in as in she's not away. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> not preempting anything else, you know. But I, I, yeah. as if she's if she's going to be, uh, yeah, because it's sort of Christmas time, so she may be away uh, seeing the yeah. members of the family. But uh, hopefully, I'll get her to the pantomime to Christmas sort of time. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on in Sheffield, and also Sleeping Beauty. Various times mm-hmm. around then, 
Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I remember. Um, actually, no, I'll not. I'll not. I'll not go into that particular rabbit hole at this point in time. Um, <laughs> I'll. So yeah, there's like something you went to regularly. Did he often buy ice cream at half time? Oh yeah, he was in looking in charge of looking after the snacks and going to fetch things and mm. stuff. Uh, yeah, must, definitely. Must have must have cost him quite a bit for the whole yeah. load of grandchildren. Seven, then seven grandchildren there. Or you know, a very generous man. Probably, had, but if you're counting Jack, then nine ice creams. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Jack. Um, so, so, you, you, so I mean, whereabouts were you sat then? Uh, we were sat on the balcony, obviously. I don't know if it was the top or the middle. I think it was a middle balcony rather than the top one. I mean, I can't actually remember how many balconies there are, but I, I think there's, I think there's one, two. Is there? Anyway, it was on a balcony, and the ice creams went down below. Yeah, I know. I, we know someone who got married on the stage at the Lyceum, by the way. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, um, but I, I don't think you know who it is. Uh, not many people, apparently, not many people have been married on the stage at the Lyceum, but for a short period of time, uh, the Lyceum used to do weddings, and Paul the landlord at the commercial got married on the stage at the oh. Lyceum. At the... Oh, that's interesting. That is a interesting yeah. fact to know about our locals' landlord. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. That's what he said. I've got no proof of that. But that's what he told me anyway. So uh, I've, I've, I've no, uh, no reason to suspect. Oh no! He shouted, uh, "Break a leg!" He says, "Well, let me marry you first, for God's sake." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so not, uh, not many people did it. Um, he said it was it was a fantastic day. I mean, it was just a bit of a shame about some of the ice cream that was on the floor at the back that had been cleaned up from um, from previous uh, previous pants that had been to. Um, so what happened after that? Did, did did anyone sort of like look up and say, did he go and buy more ice creams for people? I, I, I can't remember. I was quite young, but I, I, I don't know. From what I heard, I can't remember. I don't think there's any sort of comeback from it, as in there was no one who's, you know, complaining or anyone. I don't know if it just luckily managed to miss everybody, possibly. Um, but everybody, everybody sort of sat back quite quickly and didn't want to look yeah. over, so maybe we just never found out. What kind of ice creams were they? I believe it was a cone, so it was like it. Was, I don't know whether the, the I don't think the whole thing went. I think it was just the the top just sort of slid off and down. It must have yeah. happened before. Sure, I, I didn't realise you sold them. I thought they only did sort of uh, plastic pots with some ice cream in it that you got like a little wooden spoon this... and fork to. to we're, get your ice cream to- we're, we're talking. We're, we're talking probably twenty years ago at least, Fisher. Probably more. Yes, I thought I, I thought it was I thought yeah. it was the case twenty years ago. Twenty five um, years ago, yeah. Do they still do that? At, I mean, have you been to Penistone Paramount, the cinema? Do they still do that? Bring ice cream have, down? Yeah, they still have half time, yeah. Mm. So just, you don't get it at the cinemas anymore now, or most cinemas. Bigger chains, you, just, you don't get a chance to buy some ice cream. You said you just buy some expensive sweets and popcorn and stuff. Okay, so that's that one. And then the final one um, was that long ago that I can't even remember what it was. It was um, that. My granddad going to the house um, as mm, the undertaker. Sorry, the undertaker yeah. To collect and to you know speak to the family of a lady who passed, and he was sat there talking, and he sort of said, you know, is you know thinking that the lady who was in the chair was either asleep or just, just said, is yeah. that, you know, is she is she all right? Um, mm. Thinking she might have been upset or she was asleep, and they said, oh no, that's that's his mum, sort of thing. He, he, was, yeah. he wasn't. He just not sort of picked up that the lady who he was there to collect and so on was actually sat in the chair with them in the living room, sort of thing. I bet I was thinking, hang on, there might be another one who's passed away. I might be able to get a bit more trade out of this. I might be able to um, pick up some more business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose it's a bit un- unconventional to have the deceased relative um, just, you know, in the room. You know, I thought they'd kind of at least go to a different put them room somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, you'll be with the, yeah, do the meeting in a different to... room, yeah. 
yeah, it's probably easier to move yourself than it is to move the yeah. deceased relative, you would have thought. I don't know. Wouldn't the person like be sort of flopped over? I mean, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever well, seen a dead body, a, to be fair. If you're in a chair, I imagine you just sort of stay as you are kind of thing. I don't know. I've, I've, I've never, never, well, I'm, I claim to have never seen a dead body. Um, I'm not sure about yourself, but I don't know how rigid they, well, it depends if they've got rigor mortis set in. They'd probably be fine and be able to sit upright. But, yeah, I don't know whether that... I, I would have thought a skilled undertaker such as himself would have noticed quite early as to whether or not someone was still alive. But I don't know, maybe not. Not giving anything maybe away. It's, maybe it's a frequent occurrence. Yeah. I'd like... I'd like it would fill you with more confidence if an undertaker actually knew whether someone was dead or not. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is, is there any... Have we got any numbers as to how many people he may have buried alive or are we not too sure? He loved Christmas, though, my granddad, you know, especially after retirement because uh, he loved it when it was time for getting the Christmas tree box out. He felt like he was back at work in the old days. Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, okay, so let's 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 have a re- let's yeah. I'm going to try and work out. So two of these are true, and one of them's made up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the flask is true because okay. I don't think you would have bought the flask on otherwise, and it sort of it sounds quite nice. It's could someone have got back to? I, I, I don't particularly like that part of the story where he said it. It was obviously sent to him by an old person or the old person's family, who'd like used a computer for him. But never mind. Uh, and then the second one, I think, I think the ice cream over the balcony at the Lyceum sounds quite plausible and could have happened. Um, as where do I think an undertaker might not have noticed that someone had passed away and was sat next to him? I think you've made that one up. So you think the lie is the it was an undertaker? Well, I think it's true. It was an undertaker, but. I don't think he ever went and sat in someone's living room and didn't realise that it was someone who's passed away next to him. But that said, I mean, surely in a career of undertaking for 30-odd years or however it might work, there must have been the odd scrape here and then. I suppose everyone might be taking a job, but yeah, I think that's... I'm going to say that's a lie. Yep. So, um, you know that one. Uh, I'll say, it, you obviously you know that one is, is now truth. Um, So in order to reveal which, for you to find out which one was the lie, I'm going to take the lid off this flask and out of it... It's an ice cream. It's an ice cream. So you know the the one that was wrong, we don't know that, just because I pulled an ice cream out of a flask, but the one that was wrong (laughs) is the uh, the flask story. So although he did do his national service in Germany and trained at uh, (laughs) Ellesmere, yeah, the flask story itself is is, is the made-up one. But I thought of, you know... Uh, I want an ice cream, so that could be my show and tell, yeah. but hide it away, sort so, of thing. And it's very so you've bought, on, you've bought on a show and tell item that's got absolutely nothing to do with your granddad. So uh, what a what a lovely <laughs> tribute you've done to him there. <laughs> I just—it's an ice cream. I just, obviously, if I showed yeah. him the ice cream, it'd give it away, wouldn't it? Mm. It would, I suppose. Um, but we well, took a long time over that, it. and I—I I knew while you were talking that my ice cream was melting. <laughs> anyway. I mean, obviously. Thermos flasks are fantastic, aren't they? I mean, they keep hot things hot and cold things cold. I mean, it didn't, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work for me could... the other day. Yeah? Yeah, it didn't work for me the other day. I put an ice cream and two cups of coffee in there. And... <laughs> <laughs> Very That's disappointing. It. My Very coffee disappointing. doesn't look a great state in there either, so... Anyway, <laughs> okay, we'll move forward. Cheers to David Wilmshurst. I will try my best not to drop this over any balconies. <laughs> uh, so I yeah. can sit back and enjoy my ice cream now while you give me a quiz. Yeah, so I've been watch- I was watching the Olympics um, over the past 
well, when it was on. Are you sure you had time with Love Island and everything you've been trying to watch as well? Uh, time difference. Olympics was in the morning, Love Island in the afternoon uh, and evening. So, yeah. Um, yeah, time difference in Tokyo. I, mean, a lot, I missed quite a lot of the Olympics, but I watched quite a lot of the highlights of it and what have you. And I thoroughly enjoy the Olympics. I'm not sure. Are you an Olympics fan? Well, I'm a sports fan. I know you're a sports fan as well, but do you like the Olympics? No. Do you watch it? Do you follow it? No. Okay, well, that's in that conversation. Why not? Why do you not like it? <laughs> because I go swimming, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, casual bit of swimming, you know, half an hour. Every day, if I can, 20 minutes, you know, whatever I'm going to squeeze in. And as soon as Olympics are on, particularly the swimming events, mm. everyone thinks they're Adam Peaty. Yeah. Said Steve Peaty last time I said yeah. that, didn't I? And it was, he's completely <laughs> not even the same yeah. person. Um, but anyway, yeah, everyone's there turning up, you know, full kit on, mm-hmm. which obviously is not very much in swimming, but <laughs> full kit on. And uh, yeah, fills up the pool. So no, I'm not. Just like the Tour like to- to- Yorkshire, Tour de France, mm. everyone's out on road on bikes, can't get mo- can't move for bikes, just because it's been on telly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, so, uh, so I've got some questions about the Olympics. I mean, this is probably going to be a two-part quiz because I've gone from basically 1896 through to um, 1936. So I'm going to ask as well... I'll, I'm assuming you're not going to do very well at this in terms of the first part of the quiz, which is going to be where were the Olympics held in that year, which, bearing in mind, you're not a fan of it and you perhaps don't quite know the Olympic history like I do. You probably might struggle with it a little bit, but, yeah, we will find out. I mean, are we turning... Are we, are we, you know, are we supposed to be a comedy podcast or a mastermind these days? Well, it happens once every four years, the Olympics. <laughs> oh, five, oh, five years this time. We have extra... You're lucky this has been delayed by a year. This, um, so, actually, we did do something for the Winter Olympics last time, didn't we? If you remember, um, but anyway, so 1896. Do you know where the basically the first modern Olympic Games were held? Um, Greece. Oh, uh, well done. Yes. Uh, is that is that a, more... is that a point? Uh, yes, yeah, you have a point. I suppose. Yeah. Go on, John. Be, John, be more specific. Might as well. I'm not going to get any Athens. Athens. Yes. So that's two points. Well done. Um, so yeah, what were the circumstances around Virgo Jensen being the winner of the weightlifting? Is it? He was the only competitor competing. Uh, the other three weightlifters were all taken ill prior to the tournament. Or he, he wasn't a weightlifter. He saw a few people doing it on telly, so he thought, I'll have a go myself, and ended up winning. <laughs> yeah, it was Virgo Jensen. So um, they, they tried to get Virgo doing it, but fortunately, <laughs> it was Nick Cotton from EastEnders who did stuff. Um, so, yeah, was, was it that basically he was the only competitor, the other three people meant to be in it run well? Or was it a tie? And he was awarded the win on the basis that his lift looked a bit nicer than the other competitors. Um, I'm going to say this is the first one and the other competitors were ill. Uh, no, you'd be wrong. Oh. He, he looked nicer than the other ones. He did or his lift? Uh, his lift. Yeah. Right, okay. His lift, yeah. I mean, uh, do you know much about weightlifting at all? Um, it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy, yeah. You need to be muscular uh, to do it. There's generally two disciplines in there, the clean and jerk and the snatch. Um, so I was going to make a joke about, um, you know, female weightlifters. You've got a fantastic looking snatch or something like that. But yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're not into weightlifting, then it's probably the joke's lost on you. Um, 19, <laughs> 1900, do you know when 1900 Olympics were held? Uh, wh- where were they held? Okay. Where were they held? Let's say, let's say the USA. It's not the USA. Uh, it's in Europe. It's the same place that's going to hold the Olympic Games in the next Olympics in 2024. Uh, Belgium. Not Belgium. Not Belgium. Um, they are going to become one of the. They're going to become only the second city 
So host the games three times. Uh, France. France, that's not City, obviously, though, is it? No, Paris. Paris, yes, it was in Paris. 1900 in Paris. What happened in the marathon? Is it, it was alleged that the winner had taken a shortcut. It was only <laughs> noticed that the winner was the only competitor who didn't have muddy legs. <laughs> or the person who was winning took a wrong turn and got lost. Consequently, the person in second place overtook him and won. See, I reckon that if you had muddy legs, it sounds like you have taken a shortcut because you think the route, the other route would have been cleared and not as muddy. Hmm. So I think that might be wrong. So I'm going to go to the other one and the other the, the person who was winning got lost or was it everybody else got lost or just one? Uh, just one person got lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, and got overtaken by, effectively, it would have been second place. I'm going to go with uh, that one. No, uh, you're wrong. No, it was, uh, it was, the winner was the only person who didn't have muddy legs. And it uh, was therefore accused of cheating. I know, uh, I'm trying to think I was watching on, especially someone on television who claimed that they ran these ultra marathons and stuff like that. Oh, was it, was it actually, it might be a Love Island contest and couldn't think of it. But it reminds me of someone who I know. So it's probably complete and utter crap then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a doctor who uh, I think they, they got a highbrow contestant on. I think it was a doctor who ran ultra marathons. Remind me of someone I used to work with. Her uh, now husband used to run ultra marathons, and they ran something called the Thames 100, where you ran 100 miles along the path of the River Thames, uh, and it basically took you like all day, pretty much, um, and you kind of push your body to the to the limit. Um, and I think he wrote something basically saying he got lost in, in the dark and ended up running about 104 miles, which I think. Yeah. Struggle to the bit he got lost on as opposed to the actual whole lot. But there we go. 1904. Do you know when the 1904 Olympics were held? Um, where were they held? You were. Think, think back what you said last time. Belgium. Not Belgium. I'd already said France. Yeah, before that. Oh. Uh, oh, USA. USA, well done. Um, and you know it. I can't believe you yourself a tick for that. Uh, do, you know which, <laughs> do you know which city? I suspect probably you don't. Uh, let's go Washington. No, I think um, you might get the Blues in this city, perhaps. Oh. Or you might, or you might. Oh, that might not be a very good clue. Vegas. No, St. Louis. St. Louis. No. Um, I don't know if there's is there a sports team called the St. Louis Blues. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, what did uh, what did American athlete George Eisnick manage to do? Is it win six gymnastic medals in spite of having a wooden leg? Or win the 60-yard dash in spite of being blind? Well, um, I suppose they wouldn't have had the Paralympic Games at that point, would they? Uh, I don't No, I don't think they did. I think that was sort of probably 1960, something mm. like that, I think. But I'm not 100% certain on that. So in that case, uh, well, I mean, they're both going to be very much related. So what was the first one, sorry? The first one was the wooden leg. The uh, second... Six gymnastic medals in spite of having a wooden leg. Or he won the 60-yard dash in spite of being blind. Hmm. I'm going to say the 60-yard dash. 60-yard dash in spite of being blind. Uh, you're wrong again. It's going a lot like fantasy football. I was going to say, I've not seen a performance this bad from me since you chose your fantasy football team. <laughs> uh, 19, 1908. No, 1908 was held. Uh, I'm going to say... Let's have a look. Are we, are, can, I, can I narrow it down? By, is it Europe? Uh, Europe, yeah. Okay. Let's go Holland. No. A bit closer to home. Let's go... Chapel Town. <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. No, uh, we passed over. <laughs> shall we go? Uh, shall we go? Uh, Glasgow. Uh, no, not Glasgow. Don't be old in Glasgow. Um, London. It's, it's the. It's yeah. It's London. It's the only city to hold hold the Olympic Games on three occasions. 1908 was in London. So 
there was a fundamental there's sorry there was a fundamental change in which sport is it the marathon was given a new distance of 26 miles and 385 yards this was due to ensuring the race finished in front of the royal family or was it the long jump was contested by athletes who ran up instead of jumping from a standing start okay cuz because they do do run ups now they do do run ups so now it, yeah. it, it, so it must have become that at some stage but it might not have always been like that it might have it may have just yeah. been a one single jump uh, cool. Could the? It does sound very British for us to change things like a length of a marathon just so that it finishes in front of the Queen and stuff like that. But then again, they could have started it from a later point rather than you know they could have started yeah. it from somewhere else, you know, to make sure that that happens. So I'm going to go with a long jump one, I think. Um, yeah, you're wrong again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody know. No one. No one likes us. <laughs> Changing, um, the, yeah, the, we, we... changing sports and so on. Why? Why couldn't we change? Why? Well, you know, the, the the Euros final was in like London. Why? You know, in Wembley. Why couldn't we have changed the the rules of football so that we won? Yeah, but they could stop the game for five minutes when we're one nil up. Yeah. Um, instead of the Queen won't be happy yeah, if we don't distance. win. So yeah, good point. I mean, to be fair, the Queen wasn't actually alive in 1908. I think she's uh, she's quite old, but she's not quite that old. Good point. Uh, so 1912. You know, 1912 was. Held. Uh, let's go. Are we kind of okay? Europe. Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Italy. No, it's got a sin. It's, it's got a bit of a syndrome that you might not might have heard of. Ah, yes, I know, I know. Yeah. Spain. They're all right rude, aren't they? <laughs> no. uh, it's Stockholm. Stockholm. Yes. Um, which? What? So what happened to? Kanakuri Shinzao in the Stockholm Olympics. Is it during the marathon? Did he get Stockholm Syndrome? He didn't get Stockholm Syndrome, unfortunately. Uh, not that I'm aware of, anyway. Although I'd, I'd be intrigued as to quite who... Well, I presume it must have first happened at sort of in a hostage situation in Stockholm, you would have thought. Because it's Stockholm Syndrome where you sympathise with the people who are holding you hostage, I think, I think isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that that's him, anyway. how some pe- it? That's how some people react to the British government these days, isn't it? <laughs> it, feels about, it feels that way at times. Um, so is it, during the marathon, he was suffering from heat stroke, so he stopped at someone's home for a drink. He then caught a train to Stockholm, flew back to Japan without notifying the race officials. He was invited back years later to finish the race in a time of just under 54 years. <laughs> or, he was competing in the pole vault when a javelin launched by Soviet athlete Sergei Radovokvich sadly pierced him in the neck and killed him. It was mid-competition, and the organisers continued with the pole vault the next day, but awarded Kanakuri a posthumous gold medal. Oh, I mean, let's hope it's the first one, which is mm. quite a nice story in a sense. You know, they got invited back and all that kind of thing, rather than the one where world record died. for slowest ever marathon. Yeah, I mean that's something to be proud of. In the record books, I'm not in the record books for anything, unless it's uh, going for the yeah the lowest fantasy football team score <laughs> possible when you're actually trying as well. Um, okay, let's let's go with this, this, the first one because I, I hope it's not the second one. So that he um, he completed the marathon in just under fifty four years. Uh, yes, you'd be correct. Well done. Nineteen twenty. Um, you have mentioned this country. Is do you know which country it's in? Probably not. But do you have mentioned this country already? Holland. No. Nope. Italy. No. Nope, near near Holland. Belgium. Belgium. Yes. And do you know which city it might have been in? Uh, no, Brussels. Is... No, not Brussels. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, I think Pro- it's. Uh, no, I that's... think it's. I think it's... Prague? No, that's not in Brussels. No, that's, that's in Czech Republic, no. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, I think it's a popular port city. Um, it's twinned with Dechtwerp, 
Um, no, it's not. Antwerp. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see where you're coming so, from there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so what happened? In, actually, did, did, did you see Ant got married uh, not too long ago? Yeah. Yeah, which I was going to mention. I sort of thought about that. And he had Deck as his best man, obviously. But I'm just thinking, what if he didn't? <laughs> yeah. What if there's someone else who is just yeah better ha- than Deck is? You know? Did do you think they still had to consider which way around they were stood on the photographs? <laughs> like it, it meant... he pushed, put his wife out the way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Anyway, so uh, so what happened in, in the twelve foot dinghy sailing? Is it there were no medals awarded as the high winds meant all the competitors capsized? The following Olympics saw rule change so in windy conditions. The race was cancelled, or the race took place over two countries, with the final race was taking place in the Netherlands, as that's where all the competitors were actually from. All right, okay. Uh, I think I might go for the second one this time. Then, since I keep saying Holland as the uh, yeah. as the answer, I'm going to go with the second one. Then it actually took place in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd be right. Well done. Nineteen twenty-four. Which country? Uh, which city hosted the games for the second time? Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, Italy. No, Italy's not, again. Uh, Italy's not a city, but never mind. Hey, and then, no, you know what I mean. I'm starting there, and then and then. Yeah, I mean, Italy hasn't actually hosted the game at any point by this oh. uh, this particular point in time. Oh, but... have you gone? Have you done every one so far? But yeah, I've done oh. so far. Yeah. So okay, so if it's second so it's... time, then it's going to have to be. Uh, we said so far, not going to be Belgium again straight after. So uh, we said Athens, Paris, Saint Louis, Athens, London, Stockholm, Antwerp. Nope, it's Paris. So, what happened in the gymnastics? Is it there were 23 scores of the perfect 10 in the event of forward rolling? Or, there were 23 scores of the perfect 10 in the event of rope climbing? 23 scores of the perfect 10? Yeah, that definitely happened. But in which event, basically? Okay. Forward rolling or rope climbing? So, it was pretty much difficult. You couldn't split the competitors. Is that kind of what it was sort of saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of asking which is the Olympic sport. Oh, for... is it forward rolling or rope climbing? None of which are Olympic Ooh. sports nowadays. Uh, I'm going to say forward rolling. Is it no no, no, no. rope climbing? Oh. oh, too low. I meant I meant to say forward rolling is a fake one, which I was would have been correct. Uh, sense, right. But yeah, never mind. Well, I suppose you can give yourself a tick then for that if you think if you can <laughs> claim that as a moral victory. Woo! There we go. Um, okay, so. Yeah, apparently I was quite surprised that rope climbing was an Olympic event, but uh, but there you go. Mm-hmm. So next up, nineteen twenty-eight. Whether it was held in nineteen twenty-eight, I I wanted to go to Olympic Stadium when I visited the city, but didn't quite uh, didn't quite get a chance, unfortunately. Uh, Portugal, not Portugal, which again it's not a city. Lisbon, then obviously. Uh, uh, let's say Rome. No, not Rome. No, I've never been to Rome. Madrid. Nope, never been to Madrid. Um, when you think visited... of places that I have been, I don't know where you've been. I can't remember everywhere you've been. Um, uh, I've been quite a few times recently. Oh, are we talking outside? Oh, no. oh, yeah, outside of uh, outside of Europe. No, it's in Europe. Okay, there's a lot of places in Europe having these games early on, isn't there? And these, uh... yeah. Okay. I think I think obviously it was, it was more difficult to travel back in those days. Um, so like the, the Saint Louis Olympics in 1904. I think there were literally three British athletes that went, hmm. but we, we did manage to win a gold medal. So Britain's the only country that's won a gold medal at every single Olympics. Um, you went. To, anyway. You went to somewhere in Scandinavia, didn't you, recently for a wedding? Uh, I went to a wedding recently. It wasn't in Scandinavia. Oh right, okay. But it was that place that I went to the wedding at. Where you stabbed yourself. Where I stabbed myself? Yes. 
<laughs> oh, where was it? Uh, Germany? No. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It's just... uh, it was in Amsterdam. Oh, I've, I've said that all the way through as well. <laughs> um, oh. So, what, what happened during the opening ceremony? Was it the Queen of the Netherlands didn't open the Olympics as she was on holiday at the time and asked her husband to deputise? Or, the Olympic team of Yugoslavia didn't parade around the stadium as they weren't announced by the Master of the Ceremonies? So she didn't take her husband on holiday with her? Was she on some sort of, like, girls' holiday or something? She left him in Amsterdam of all the places to leave him. <laughs> I mean, go on, uh, Terrible decision. Or the second one? Uh, they, they just basically forgot to announce Yugoslavia so they didn't parade around the stadium with a flag and just, like, stood in the background. All oh, right. Yeah, let's go with that one, then. Okay. Uh, you'd be wrong. It was that the... Yeah, the Queen didn't open the Olympics. Oh, dear. She didn't, you know... Do the usual thing for opening Olympics, which is jump out of an aeroplane alongside Daniel Craig. Mm. Um, Fancy all these people going on holiday when they should be doing important jobs. What are the chances? Yeah, <laughs> Dominic Vab did say in hindsight he probably shouldn't have gone on holiday, uh, but you know, he didn't. He wasn't just sat on a beach. He wasn't just sat on the beach or anything by the pool, apparently. <laughs> um, so anyway, nineteen thirty-two. No, nineteen thirty-two was. Um, also hosted the Olympics, I think, in 1984, and is due to host them again in 2028 or 2028 rather. Europe, not Europe. No. Oh, right, okay. Uh, are we going to say Mexico? Um, not Mexico. Oh, uh, up a bit. Up a bit. USA. Yeah. USA. Yes. And I'm not sure what city it would have been, but shall I go. Do they have it in the same places? Would it uh, be Saint Louis yeah, again? Uh, it's, not, it's not in Saint Louis now. Oh. Washington. Not Washington, no. No, I don't. Uh, Cal- California. California. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, in Los Angeles, yeah. California. Um, so, what was unusual about Volmari Iso Hollow's gold medal? Is it he won the 3,000 metre steeplechase? However, the event included an extra lap as an official miscounted how many laps there had been. <laughs> or, she won the shot put. However, it transpired that the shot uh, she was using was actually significantly lighter than the correct weight. Subsequently, the venue now provides a shot puts to the athletes instead of them bringing their own. Ah, what nationality was she? Um, I don't know. What was her name again? Or he. He's his name. Uh, Volmari Iso Hollows. Uh, sorry, Volmari Iso Hollow. Uh, in the first example, it's a he. In the second example, it's a she. Okay. That mistake on your part? Uh, no, it's just kind of a... Mm. I just wondered what your uh, understanding was okay. of uh, foreign names and whether you could work out from that whether it's a male or female. Well, it sounds like it could be Russian, so possibly. So in that case, I'm going to go for the one that was cheating. Very sensible. And they brought a lighter shot put. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. Oh. It was... Uh, super Sorry, any uh, Russian listening listeners? Yeah, I think listen to absolutely everything. Every conversation is ever held, don't they? Um, <laughs> what's, what interests me is that, obviously, Russia are banned from the Olympics. So any Russian athletes, uh, instead of competing as Russia, compete as the Russian Olympic Committee. And it's the few athletes that um, you know, have proved that they're clean. But I think there's like about 400 of them went to the Olympics. It doesn't really feel like they're being... I think there was more that going to the Olympics now as part of the Russian Olympic Committee than went as Team Russia in. How did they do? How did they do in the table then? Um, fairly well, I think they sort of finished around a similar place to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. I think. But there we go. So the final question. Now, you, I'd like to think you know where the 1936 Olympics were held. Uh, London. No. Do you not listen? Do you, not, do, you not, do you never listen in history when you're at school? Oh, do you mean was it the last one, first one? I'm confused. No. No. 
No, I don't mean the no, last not... one or first one. I mean during well, like wartime sort of thing. Uh, yeah, keep going. So I don't know. Uh, well, it was. It, it was. You're right. It was the last one before the Second World War. Yeah. And it was held in Berlin. Ah, okay. And it was held, and Hitler was there, um, or was he? Um, and it was kind of, it was a big propaganda thing right. for Nazi Germany. And in particular, Jesse Owens won three or four gold medals. And it was, yeah, kind of noted as being a, Hitler didn't like it because an athlete didn't want to win, had one, mm. and all this sort of stuff. So, but what happened during the opening ceremony? Is it? It was unclear as to whether or not Hitler actually watched the ceremony. Is this going to be where Hitler loses one of his balls? Could have been, yeah. It was actually used as a shot put <laughs> by a rough athlete because it was so light <laughs> and he managed to throw it a lot further. So, um, is it so? So, it was unclear as to whether Hitler was actually at the opening ceremony. As on the same day, he also spoke at a major rally on the outskirts of Frankfurt. It has been speculated that given he didn't like to speak at the Olympics, there was a lookalike in place. All right. Or they released about 25,000 pigeons who hovered around the stadium. A loud bang from a cannon scared the pigeons and they promptly shat everywhere. <laughs> uh, so so they obviously did that on purpose, possibly. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so the, the pigeons just got scared and do what pigeons do when they get scared, which is poop. Yeah, I wonder if that's why they set the pigeons out and then and then fired the cannon if they meant to do it on purpose. Let's go with the Hitler one and that because uh, as you said at the start, was he there? Was he there? That kind of thing. So yeah, let's uh, go with the first one. Uh, you'll be wrong. It was the pigeons. You know, what I was woken up by this morning. A cannon from pigeons pooing. <laughs> no, I wish I had a cannon. Squirrel. Really? That appeared to be stuck in a tree, which is a bit of a weird thing for a squirrel to get stuck in a tree, isn't it? being as that's where they hang out. Um, but yeah, making a right racket for ages. Did you do Did you do anything to assist the squirrel at all? No, it was seven not... o'clock and I thought, I'm not <laughs> helping a squirrel out of a tree. <laughs> well, you're not, we're not supposed to be. Anyway. No, well, it was not far off getting up time, but you know, I didn't want to be, I wanted to wake up naturally, not I suppose it was quite natural in the, in the sense of work, it being woken up by an alarm clock, but <laughs> but you know when you, do you know when you're asleep for a while and you and you hear the noise forms part of your dream. This is what happened yeah. with this squirrel. So this this noise, hmm. this squirrel noise, is, and, and I, in my dream it was some sort of bird, and then I woke up and realised that's that's not a bird. It was really odd, really odd noise. I've never heard a squirrel make that noise. I mean, I've never really heard a squirrel make a noise, but that's what they make. It was a, hmm. I can't even replicate it. It was a, a weird one. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Should we go on to the next section? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that it? Was that last question? Uh, yeah. So that's oh. last question. Yeah. Thanks for that, Fisher. Enjoyed it. See, okay. I concentrated all the way through. Yeah. Um, I think I did say that was the last question coming up, but uh, but there we go. Obviously, <laughs> that's that's the Olympics pre-war. I think in future episodes we'll kind of do the post-war Olympics, and uh, yeah, we'll see how you do. You might have to, you might have to do a little bit of swatting up in terms of what the locations were, perhaps. Let's go to a commercial break. Take the piss, travel. We're an award-winning travel company specialising in special discounts for the select few. Are you responsible for the UK's foreign policy? But you need a break from all the shit going on in Afghanistan? Then give us a call. We'll find you a low-key holiday and help you to get away from it all. All-inclusive, so as Afghanistan collapses, you can sit there sipping mojitos. No need to come home. We aren't just about holidays either. Should you ever need a private jet during a by-election to show your support for another candidate, then please let us know and we'll organise you a swift flight. Don't worry about paying, the taxpayer will cover it. But what about by-election spending rules? Don't worry about that. 
Or next time there's a new pandemic on the horizon, and you don't want to take it seriously, want to skip a few important Cobra meetings, then get in touch and we'll arrange that for you too. Whether it's skiing, the Bahamas, a city break, if you're in a massively important job and the public have trusted you to do it, and you've got the cash or public funding, then Take The Piss Travel can help you go wherever you want and take the piss with you. Alright then, so we're on to news, Fisher. Yeah, this feels, I mean, I know we've not podcasted for a while, but this feels like this is going, going on forever. I mean, I think we're about an hour and ten minutes already, aren't we? Oh, mine's not going to be long, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're on to the news. Yeah. Um, what is in the news? What's going on, Jim? Bam? Well, Charlie Watts has died. Uh, sorry, is it Curly Watts? Curly, him off Coronation Street. Yeah. Well, that joke's not working very well, has it? No, um, it hasn't, has it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, uh, yeah. so, sorry, probably missed my line there. Yeah, the bloke from uh, bloke from Coronation Street has passed away. Oh yeah. no, wait, it's a fellow from Rolling Stones, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's your favourite Rolling Stones song, Jimbo? Um, I, I quite like uh, "Miss You." Let's spend the night together. All right, I know we've not podcasted for six weeks, but that's a bit excessive, isn't it? They <laughs> <laughs> all worked better, didn't they? Yeah, that uh, works all right. Anyway, yes, I, I I can't particularly say I'm a Massive fan of the Rolling Stones, really, are you? He was an interesting fella, though, because uh, as well as, you know, his drumming and stuff, he was, like, into his jazz and stuff like that, and I know mm. that he saved, like, a, a sort of, like, jazz club sort of thing, not, mm. you know, in the past and so on. He did, he, he did quite a lot of things, mm. good things for music and so on as well there. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's he sadly passed away, hasn't he? So, yeah, I wanted to do a a, a, a Curly Watts joke, but uh, completely mixed that up, didn't we? Yeah. Just can't get no satisfaction, can you? No. Um and then, so, if, yeah, I, yeah. No, sorry, go. On. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, that's uh, that's. It was just something uh, to mention. Um, but yeah, anything, anything else had on that? Uh, not on that particular subject, no. So I don't really uh, don't really know much about Charlie Watts, so or Curly Watts. Mm-hmm. So it's been. Yeah, let's move on to the next bit. Yeah, I mean, and it's been uh, sad, hasn't it? Well, you know, disappointing, and and see all these people, you know, trying to, you know flee the country to go to pastures new and to a better place and all that kind of thing um over these last couple mm. of weeks yeah trying to try and leave the country trying to get out of uh, where they are at the moment mm-hmm. for a better life yeah all these people are you know queuing at airports to go on holiday because we've been locked up for so long places like mm. portugal spain crying out to get there aren't they but of course yeah. not no we're talking about uh the 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 what's going the horrendous things that are going on in afghanistan and uh our our general as usual Amazing government approach to things. As uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we went in twenty years ago to get rid of the Taliban, and we got rid of them, and now they're back. So you know, mission mission completed. And we already mentioned uh, in our foreign secretary who's sat a, sat away at the time that this is all happening. Uh, could have come up, you know, he might. He, okay, fair enough. He might have already been on his holiday, but uh, he thought about coming home. But we thought, you know, what, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my holiday. Yeah, I mean, if you're on holiday, you're on holiday. Um, well, you know, it doesn't mean to say you can't make a phone call to the, um, you know, ambassador in Afghanistan. I suppose you get someone else to do it. I mean, you know, your phone does still work when you're only, and you also get kind of, uh, if it's in the EU, you, you still actually get sort of um, your minutes and data included, don't you? So you could have made it without actually incurring any additional cost, mm. um, even though we're not in the EU anymore. Yeah. Which I think is actually going to change, isn't it, in terms of your data allowance. I've seen a couple of networks where he said they're going to start charging you more when you go on Aldi. It's a bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah, what a game it was! What a game changer that was when all of a sudden, when you could go on holiday and your data was included, exactly. brilliant, wasn't it? Do you remember all those adverts that Three used to do about like you know 
sausage legs and uh, holiday mm. spam and all that kind of thing. Ruin their marketing campaigns, hasn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I believe, I mean, I, I, I didn't actually read a huge amount about this sort of in advance of what was happening. Uh, but Donald Trump had originally apparently made a deal with the Taliban, which is effectively to kind of get them back into power and for Americans to exit by a certain date. Um, Do you mean it made it? Now, it made it with 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 Afghanistan's government at the time. Is what you're saying? Well, no, I don't think he did. I think the, the democratically elected prime minister or president of Afghanistan wasn't actually involved in the negotiation that Donald Trump made in Doha, which I think was alongside the effectively alongside the Taliban. Right, and that was to kind of reinstall, uh, reinstate them into power. I think I might, I, I might have. I might have kind of read it wrong. I don't know. It's a, obviously an exceptionally complicated subject. But I think the person who was actually the prime minister wasn't actually involved in the negotiation, which is a bit odd, bear in mind he was democratically elected. Mm. Um, although perhaps the election that had been run um, was a complete false and fake one and did include a number of fake votes, so the person leading uh, <laughs> didn't actually have a mandate to rule. Who knows? Um, but Joe Biden, kind of, I think he ultimately said that he's just finishing off Donald Trump's work. Um and just after he said that, he then just sort of walked out with um, a trowel and some hod, uh, a hod and some mortar and some bricks, and we're just going to finish building the war between the US and Mexico. <laughs> and then he said to one of the journalists, "He said, you ain't got Stormy Daniels' telephone <laughs> number by any chance? I've just got a few bits of business I need to complete with her as well." So, so yeah, that's um, that's 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 kind of a think as what ha- what's happened. But yeah, I think in fairness, in Afghanistan, there is possibly no longer the threat of Al Qaeda. Which, you know, part of the, part of that was to dismantle, part of the war in Afghanistan was to dismantle that kind of terror network. Um, but as I say, yeah, we got rid of Taliban now the back. There's clearly so. people who were, who were very scared to be there still. So it's, it, it can't, yeah. you know, whatever's happened, it, it doesn't, it, it feels like, uh, it just doesn't feel right, does it really? Doesn't and feel the, like much the, of a victory at the moment, I suppose, no. but there we go. Um, talking on slightly lighter news, um, there is a bit of a lack of, Employees in the meat industry, if you've seen that, um, you know, not many people working in abattoirs and all that kind of thing. Uh, so there's been a bit of recruitment drive trying to get uh, prisoners who are out on license to go and work in abattoirs instead. If you've seen do you that, mean, you've do, you mean, been it. do you mean the places where there tends to be a lot of like knives and blades and stuff yeah. like that? Meat cleavers, yeah, bolt guns, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, get prisoners, get some prisoners are out on remand for the good behavior. Yeah, get them there, be fine. Yeah. Uh, can I just leave that butcher's knife with you? Yeah, make sure you make make sure you make sure you butcher the meat and not my assistant. Yeah, before. Do you fine. think they get you know like at school when you used to get those safety scissors and those like you know what you used to get in primary school? Do you think that's what they give them? Yeah, yeah you can't Try and cut the meat and it just comes out in a zigzag pattern. Knife, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like play doh play doh mincers. Yeah, make sure you carry the meat cleaver carefully. Have it pointing down. You don't want to have an accident, would you? Uh, yeah, so I kind of thought it was a, an odd group of people to target to kind of work in that. Perhaps I just thought, naturally, tell you what, these people are great at sort of like chopping bits of meat and dismembering bodies and stuff. They'll be fine in terms of working in abattoir. Won't be a problem. Well, that was a, that was one news story. Team. The, the, the other one that caught my eye was that a uh, a couple of ladies got married on a West Coast mainline mainline train. If you saw that, mm. uh, they got yeah. I think a bit of a strange place to have a did, wedding reception. Did the wedding get delayed? Uh, well, it did only because of COVID, though, for two years, which right, is okay. which is long even for a, even for a delay of that uh, that form. 
But yeah, they, had a, they were given a champagne reception at London Euston before boarding Pendolino carriage decorated with flowers. Um, apparently, one of the wedding dresses that was being worn was particularly impressive uh, as the train was about 150 metres long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, any, any other news at all, Jim? No, should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so um, I've kind of done you a little bit of a picture round game. Uh, it oh, was, question of sport. Yeah, yeah sort of. Um, because basically, I was a, I finally got to meet my work colleagues a couple of months ago. A um, month ago, was it? Maybe a month ago, a month or two ago. Um, after, you know, not, not worked with them before because moved jobs oh. and uh, during the pandemic working from home and everything. So as part of it, um, one of the, we had like a bit of a treasure hunt type scavenger hunt type thing around hmm. uh, Encliffe Park in Sheffield and someone had prepared a thing to go with it and there was like a picture question and I thought that's a good idea to put on our on our little uh, podcast for sure so yeah. I thought I'd, uh, I'd do that now I've just got to make sure that I've actually got the pictures uh, they should in effect come through to the old iPad um, but of course they haven't so yeah. I'll have to <laughs> I'll get them on my phone it makes no difference. It's probably easier now. I can have my soundboard and everything up there. So I do have them on my phone. I sent you them earlier okay. as well, didn't I, Fisher, to have a, a bit of a look at, just so you could have a have a think in advance about what these pictures mean. So what you're going to see mm-hmm. is you are going to see a picture of a famous person with mm-hmm. something else. And you've got to tell me what the connection is between the famous person and that other thing, okay? So here is pictures number one. I'll hold my phone up to the screen. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really see that. You're not really doing a very good job all that. I can see it. Oh, I, can, I can see it on mine. I can see it. That's the main thing. And you've right. got you've got the picture. High. It's a picture of uh, Margaret Thatcher and, and an ice cream. An ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Now, and I think I know what the connection is. It's you do? That Margaret Thatcher uh, once went to the Lyceum Theatre and was hit <laughs> by an ice cream that landed on her from above. I think that's right. And you can see, even on the ice cream there, there is some there's some blood, and that's Margaret Thatcher. Blood from a hitter <laughs> on the head. Is that right? It's not the right answer. Oh, man. Uh, is there options or, or not? No. I think I, I think I know what the answer is anyway. You do. Um, and that basically, Margaret Thatcher, obviously well-known, stole milk from school children. Um, for a lot of people went to uh, private schools uh, where they were fee-paying schools and had to pay quite a lot. Instead of having um, milk, they had ice creams because they're a bit posher and she stole the ice creams from them. I think that's right, is it? It's no, not it's right. Not. No, I think it's that. <laughs> I think it's that when she was. Um, I think it's when she was a student at Cambridge University. She was involved in the science behind kind of creating the whippy ice creams because she studied chemistry. Well done, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it's not not anything to do with her being cold or anything like that yeah. either. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So yes, yeah, she was involved in the team that uh, came up with the whippy ice cream. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one then. Uh, I'll hold this up to the screen, and I know you've got it there as well, Fisher. I know the the, the viewers can see this. You can't, Fisher, because you're seeing a different mm-hmm. camera, but the viewers can see it. That is a picture uh, of... Okay. Do you know who it is, Fisher, first? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I'll tell you. It is Kit Harrington, who is right. a, an actor, and he played Jon Snow in the Game of Thrones, pretty much the mm. main character, and then it is a toilet. Okay. Well, I think that's quite obvious, isn't it? It was in Game of Thrones, and the toilet is often referred to as a throne. <laughs> so when no, it's not. It's not really. When you auditioned, he was just sat in the toilet, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, um, 
Kit Haring. Uh, no, I don't know who he is, so that's kind of quite going to be quite difficult for me to make a reference to the toilet, really. Okay, um, it's something to yeah. do with his uh, his his ancestry. Uh, is he inv- is he uh, related to Thomas Crapper, who invented the flush lavatory? He's not. No. Uh, okay. He's inv- he's, he's, he, he is. I can't remember the name of the person, but he's he's. You're kind of right. I'm going to give it you because he is related to somebody who invented the flush of the toilet, not necessarily the whole toilet system flush thing, but the actual mm-hmm. the flush thing itself. Yeah, uh, he is. So there you go. Yeah, congratulations. You got that one right. Sort of. Next then. Uh, next one I'm going to hold up is this one. It is a picture of Pele. Pele. And a light bulb. Okay. Um, well, it's a screw cap light bulb, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always struggled with screwing because he couldn't get it up. So... <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Pele and light bulbs. Um... I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit unsure, really. Think about Pele's name, so, if you know. Pele, it. Oh, ah, uh, no, I do know what it is. Is the light bulb is invented by Thomas Edison, and Pele is named after Thomas Edison. Yeah, like Pele, it's like Edison. So, isn't it? Edson, Ed, I like think his name is Ed, Edson Arantes Dunaschema or something like that. Quite where they get Pele from, I don't know. Well done. Very good. I bet you're doing better this than you thought you would. Uh, next then, you might like this one, Fisher. This might be one because uh, you're a big fan, of course. So this one mm-hmm. is Chris Martin next to a clock. Oh, well, you might be able to see it's from a the Coldplay, Coldplay have a song called Clocks. Ah, it's very good. It's a good answer. So, it's not the right answer. So but it could, it could, in a sense, it could, in a sense, be related to why he made that song. Possibly, I'm not sure. Could be. Um, so it's. I think. I think. I think. I know. I know a lot of stuff, man. Um, I don't just know what countries hosted the Olympics. I know actual stuff, and I think this is a this is in related. It's involving a relative of Chris Martin, okay, who I think was called William Willett, and he invented. Well, people call it. People say he invented daylight saving, but I don't know if you can invent it. But he came up with the idea of like turning your clocks back an hour, so that you get more sunlight in the summer, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, or you, you have lighter nights and or longer lighter nights and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Well done. That is correct. Uh, I think it was his great great grandfather or great great grandfather. It's crazy. I mean, what a stupid thing to invent. Oh, I've got an idea. Why don't we just yeah. shove the clocks back an hour? I mean, you, might, you know, if, uh, oh, Chris Martin well showing off about his, you know, one of his grandfathers, sort of like, you know, mm. starting the old turning clocks back and forward. I mean, my granddad dropped an ice cream on someone from a balcony. <laughs> Big whoop. Yeah, yeah. Put anyway. them back in the outer thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe so, next one. Yeah, yeah. Next one then is this one, and it's uh, Sarah Sarah McMillan. Mc, Mc, I can't even say her name now. I forgot his name. Sarah Milliken, that's the one. And, oh, never mind, pet. And it looks like a diver. Diver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too. I, I don't know what the connection is between with these two. In all honesty, um, is it? Well, obviously, she's not been a comedian all her life, Sarah Millican. She probably only starts at a fairly, uh, fairly late age. I think she's, I think she was relatively new to it, probably mid two thousands. So, presumably, she had a career doing something else. So, did she? Was she a diver? Not quite. No. Uh, apparently, and this is a from if you've ever watched uh, what do you call it, the Who Do You Think You Are program. She discovered oh, right. that her one of her great 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 grandfathers or something was potentially one of the first ever divers. People to do this diving sort of thing with those big 
costume things on. So there you go. So what they basically said was, you drowned. Yeah. Well, yeah. possibly, who knows. But anyway, <laughs> next one. Do you know who this is? The next one. Uh, that is a picture of Sir Ian McKellen yep. next to uh, something that says The Weekend with a pin in it. Yes. So The Weekend, um, they sang Blinded by the Lights. Did Ian McKellen likes the weekend? He's done the old TikTok dance. Is he done that? That's that's not right. No, okay. Um, I thought he's been in Sheffield a couple of times. Ian McKellen was he? Because he's been in plays at the Lyceum. Um, mm-hmm. I used to get through it without being covered in ice cream. Um, and he's been, uh, there's been pictures of him at some of the local pubs um, and what have you. So, but I don't. Is this a reference to him or to a character that he plays? It's in reference to, again, his ancestry. One of his ancestors invented the weekend. Before that, they used to work seven-day weeks. Well done, yeah. So, that's correct, yeah. So, I think it was his great-great-grandfather uh, who was worked or ever in Manchester was part of, like, a... I don't know if it was, like, some sort of union or something that sort of campaigned yeah. for them to have the day off on Saturday, and that's basically what... Mm what started the weekends off. That started the whole weekend thing because just didn't mm. want really a thing before and then weekends happened. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, what should we call this? What should we call this period at the end of the week? <laughs> well, the weekend. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we like that. Why didn't they campaign for it to start, you know, to have Fridays off as well? <laughs> I mean, come on. You, know, you always one. think sort of, how do we get into that thing of, um, sorry, this is a long episode, isn't it? We start to yawn already. How do you get into that thing of it being a seven-day week and two days of the weekend? I mean, why not three or four? Exactly. Maybe we what? should we, we should be brave like the people before and start campaigning for mm. for longer weekends next. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the last one then, Fisher, and it is a picture of. Do you want to say Salvador Dali? I think and Kevin Pressman. Yes. Anything you want to so... note about the picture? Anything you want to make reference to? There's, there's sometimes more detail hidden within the picture itself. Um, well, Salvador Dali has got an unusual moustache. Which he did um, anyway. Yeah, what was that, sorry? He did anyway, though, didn't he? he always he had the yeah, he had an unusual moustache. And Kevin Pressman is there in his chupa chups. Um, Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeping top. Um, obviously, we've got the picture there of um, one of the greatest artists of all time, who's uh, well known as being quite an enigma. And Salvador Dali is there as well. <laughs> but that's enough about Kevin Pressman's goalkeeping, isn't it? Um, he was so great in his day. It was a fantastic player in his day, wasn't he? Mm. Um, different, you never really kind of hear anything of him. I don't know what he's I think doing. He's a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper coach now. He was at Millwall for quite a few years. I don't know if he's still there. But, yeah. I don't know much about The only thing I really know about him is his brother Howard he used to present on Radio Sheffield. Possibly still, still does present does, on Radio yeah. Sheffield. Still does. Howie. Howie Pressman. Yeah. Um, so is the reference something to do with his kit? Or he's got some gloves on that are made by Sondico? You're right when it comes to clothing, yes. You are. Right. Um, he's wearing he's wearing shorts, he's wearing a... I'd heard about Kevin Pressman that he wasn't actually as fat as people think. He just used to wear, like, two goalkeeping tops, whether that's true or not. I don't know. So is that kind of some kind of surrealism in the style of Salvador Dali? No, you, no you, 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 kind of, you kind of, you know, you mentioned his kit and his uh, particular, the, the stuff on the kit. Chupa Chups? Mm-hmm. So it's Chupa Chups named after Salvador Dali. Not quite. Salvador Dali invented or created the Chup Chups logo. Did he? It was him who made it. Uh, he was an artist, oh. but he also did a bit of... Obviously, did a bit, 
bit of working kit in terms of branding and logos and stuff like that as well in his day. So there you go. Yeah, so I just thought I'd do a little bit of picture quiz. We couldn't maybe switch it up in a few weeks and I might try and do different sort of themes. Today was a lot about kind of old and connections to different things like that, but maybe I'll try and theme it up and do things slightly differently. with have a few picture rounds. It's not that good a logo, really, is it? For one of the greatest artists of all time. It, it was all just sort of a... It's just like a flower with eight sides. I was also reading, it was his all, also his idea to put the Chub Chups logo on the top of the label of the lollipop so you look down on it rather than on the side like they wanted to. He suggested putting it on the top, which seems obvious now, but maybe it wasn't so obvious back in the t- you know, that time. So there you go. Interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. Not really. But anyway, next time you eat your Chub Chups, I, I don't know, probably last time I had Chub Chups was when they did sponsor Wednesday and they were giving them out for whatever, at Wednesday ground, chucking them everywhere. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think I, I think I'd be more inclined to have one knowing what I know now. Salvador <laughs> Dali invented just out of just out of you know courtesy to him. It's like that's a reasonable kind of fact. I'm quite impressed with that actually. I never knew that. There you I, mean, go. I knew the thing about Margaret Thatcher and the ice cream and Chris Martin at the time and what have you. But yeah, that's, that's, I, I'm surprised I didn't know that. Well, there you go. You learn something new, don't you? You do. So, uh, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, our episode today. And uh, we'll we'll try and get back again a bit more regularly. Now that cricket's coming to an end and stuff like that, Fisher, uh, we'll, we'll, try and, we'll try and get to do a little bit more. Do you think we'll be able to do that? Nah, I just can't be bothered anyway. Uh, yes, yes, we will. And talking about, well, talking about some of my favourite facts. Um, I've got one for you, just because I, I found this out probably actually a couple of months ago, to be fair. But I still think it's a brilliant fact. And it's about it's actually about cricket, you know, I can't get away from it. But have you heard of a former England cricket player called Alex Stewart? Um, Maybe he's, he's a former player, probably finished, probably retired early two thousands. He played during the nineteen nineties. He was England captain at one point. Um during the nineties, people like Alex Stewart and Michael Atherton were probably some of the best known England players. Mm. So I don't know if you've I don't know if you've, have you heard of him or not, maybe. Yeah, I've heard of Alex Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Um he was born on the 8th of April, 1963. So, 8th of April, 1963. And do you know how many Test match runs Alex Stewart scored? Uh, altogether in his career? In his Test match career, how many runs do you think he scored? Well, getting to a century is still kind of quite difficult, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but he did play 133 Test matches, so he's one of the most capped players. Mm. Of so, all presuming time. He, got to, he, he got to that. A fair few times he got to the hundred. He, I'm going to say, let's say thousand five hundred. Uh, no, he scored fifteen centuries, so he's, he's you know he scored at least that just in hundreds. Right. Um, so yeah, but I mean, you, you kind of lost a nuance of the question slightly, which is when I gave you his date of birth, which was the eighth of April, nineteen sixty-three. He scored eight four six three runs. So if you write his date of birth out as eighth of April, nineteen sixty-three, eight four six three. That was exactly the same amount of test match runs that he scored in that his is, career. That is impressive. Yeah, that's a good, good fact, right? Yeah, good, good, good coincidence. Um, Unless a, he planned it. It's very much a cricket one, one so it's probably one that you'll remember more than I will. But uh... yeah. <laughs> but there we go. And I did not know that Salvador Dali invented the Chupa Chups logo. Anyway. But there we go. Before we go, anyway, I thought I'd, I'd play it out with the... I'm gonna I'm gonna feature the Ale and Audio podcast on here, Fisher, but only because I recorded. Uh, you know, this was this was kind of like on the day after you know my granddad passed away, 
so I've recorded, you know, I, I, I'd kind of done everything I needed to do for my last episode of, of the Beer and Pub Shed podcast sort of thing that I do. Uh, and I thought, well, I've, I've done it all now. I've recorded it all. I only need to do the end bit. So I had one more bit of recording to do. And that was normally the, the jokey bit at the end of the podcast where I kind of sign off and pick a silly news story and just do a few silly jokes. I thought, you know, I'm going to have to do something that's, and I want to do something that's more of a bit of a tribute, really. Um, so I did, and I recorded this by, you know, I can't, I don't think I'd physically be able to just do it all again now because it was kind of done in the moment. So I thought, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to play the version that I did on the podcast to sign out um, today's episode, if that's all right. Hang on. So are we actually, are we just playing an, a general generic excerpt of your podcast that you're trying to promote on this? Or is it actually a tribute to your grandfather? It's a tribute to my granddad. Uh, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it is from the Ale Audio podcast. Uh, but uh, it, it was quite a lot to sort of replicate and re record again. Mm-hmm as you'll probably hear. Uh, so here it is anyway. I'm going to have to play it down the microphone because unfortunately I've not got it on the iPad, but uh, hopefully it'll uh, work and you'll be able to hear it. So here we go. Uh, it kind of cuts in halfway through a little. And he was, you know, very independent still. And, you know, Sharp would take completely on the ball. So, you know, the news came completely out of the uh, You know, a bit of a shock to us all. Now, it's only in recent years that I've come to realise just how much of um, me comes from my granddad. He was dead into documenting, uh, like, family life with his camera, never missed an opportunity to get a photo. So it was always the one behind the camera, which is why in all of our family videos when we're younger, you don't really get to see him much because he's the one behind the camera making his responsibility to make sure that he captured these amazing memories on video that we've got tons of uh, hours worth to look back on. And you know what? Um, that's what I do now, uh, whether I'm with my friends, my, my family, uh, whether I'm on friends on stag do's and things like that. I'm the one um, who people always say, put that bloody camera away. So I've, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure I've got that from my granddad. And my granddad would even edit the footage himself and stick it together with music and so on. So I'm sure he's the reason that I got um, got into those sort of things that I do now. And also where probably some of my dad jokes do come from as well, unfortunately. Um, he was so kind, caring, loved his family, along with my gran. Um, they were a proper team together in everything that they did, including running a bread and breakfast called Tyndale in Millhouse's Sheffield, even when they were in the um, early 80s running that and only retiring from it due to the COVID pandemic starting last year. Uh, my gran, who is left behind and we love very much, uh, and my granddad adopted Sheffielders, both growing up in London and starting a family themselves um, around the Wembley sort of area. They moved up here for my granddad's work in the 70s and have stayed here ever since and made Sheffield their home. And one of their passions as well they knew more about Sheffield than most people did who've lived here all their lives and they were an absolute pillar in their local community amongst their neighbours who they did so many charitable things for uh, you know even if it was just being there for people who were alone, all those kind of things. Anyone who's ever met them um, has always wanted to stay in touch with them. The guests who stayed at the guest house would return year on year. They really are the kindest people you could ever meet. Um, my granddad was a Liverpool fan, and some people might say that's one negative point, um, but he was a Liverpool fan because of his uh, dad's, my great-granddad's connections to Liverpool during the war. And like I said, with them growing up near Wembley during that sort of time, Liverpool um, were always playing in the finals at Wembley and so on as well. So I was proper happy for him when Liverpool finally won the Premiership a couple of seasons ago and so glad that he got to see that. Although he was very good with his cameras and stuff and technology, uh, technology did sort of end up, uh, you know, outgrowing him quite a lot in recent years and he'd often get in a bit of a tangle with his computers and other devices that, um, you know, other younger members of the family would go and try and help him with and it probably couldn't have worked out how to listen to these podcasts very easily but somehow I know that he'll be listening to me now and I just want to say um, that we'll look after Granny for your granddad. Um, 
the one thing he'd always do, and I'd always remember, is that whenever we visited them at their house in Tyndale in Millhouses, um, my gran and granddad would always wave us off until we were completely out of sight. Um, they'd never just shut the door and go in. My granddad had often walked right to the end of the drive, and um, you know they've done that for my entire life, from when I was a passenger in the car as a baby to a kid, and then you know being a driver myself now with my own family in the car with me. So I'll wave you off. Um, Till you're out of sight, Grandad. Rest in peace. Um, love you lots. When you Thank you. See you again next time. Cheers. What a fitting tribute, Jim. That's brilliant.